Thanks, Brian. Yeah, the missions committee, I've had an opportunity to go sit and listen to them and hear them praying and uh, for our missionaries, those that we support, and also to hear what's happening in the field. There are groups that send us a letter very regularly, and uh, you, ought, you ought to be checking out every now and again the, the area there where the missions board is out there, because they do change that, and there are some things that put, they put in there that's new, and it would really be good for you to be aware of how you are making a difference through the missions budget in your giving. Also, um, that's 6 to 8, right? On Wednesday the 29th. Uh, so, two hours of your time to make a difference for people in various places around the world. Um, my name is Down, and I signed up Joy, and she'll probably tell me something later about that. <laughs> but if I can show up, you can show up. Let's see. We're starting something different today. Um, as you know, our Bible studies are underway. Uh, the ladies are going to be working through experiencing God. The men are working through um, a book uh, initially. It's called uh, They Smell Like Sheep by Lynn Anderson. It's about biblical leadership. Both groups had a great showing this past week of people who were here who were interested. It is not too late to join either group. Right, Carol? Yeah, the ladies, you can still join in. And guys, we got plenty of books. You can join us too. And our reading's a whole lot lighter than theirs. <laughs> we're going to spend the next six weeks talking about God's connection with us. And for full disclosure, it's going to follow loosely experiencing God. Now, I'm going to talk this morning. I hope you got one of the sheets out there. It's not often I'm going to give you a color page that you can draw different things on, but I gave you one today. Um, we're going to talk about that process that Henry Blackaby identified very clearly about how God calls us and what happens when we respond. And we're going to hit that very quickly today. So this is going to be more of a teaching than a preaching. Just so you know, I know that already, just making you aware of it, okay? Today is the day the Lord has made, and we're going to rejoice and be glad in it. Amen? Amen. Amen. Father God, we thank you for your presence. And we thank you, not only that you created us, but you created us to love you, to serve you. And you don't demand that of us. You allow us to choose whether or not we will walk with you. We know that you are creator, that you are Lord, you are sustainer of the universe. And Father, we know that when we follow in the steps that you give us, that you provide a life far better, even in this world, than we would be on our own. 
We thank you for wanting to communicate with us. And we thank you for your word. And we thank you for your son and your spirit. As we open your word today, Lord, teach us and remind us whose we are. And in Jesus' name, amen. Genesis 1-1, first four words of the book. I bet you know what they are. I don't even have to tell you, do I? First four words, in Now, you know the rest of the verse. You're doing that in your head, aren't you? (laughs) But have you ever stopped to consider those four words? In the beginning, God. Time's a construct of man. We, We number our days by a calendar and by a clock and by a second hand. And yet from before time, there was God. And he has been there. And he created our world, our universe. He created our soul and put us in a body and in a family. And you may think that's accidental, but I don't. You may wonder why... Your siblings are who they are, but I don't. Because God has a plan, and he has a plan for everyone, for every soul that he has created, and that is to love and to serve him. And you are being uniquely created and uniquely trained for some purpose, maybe more than one purpose, for His service. In the beginning God. When he spoke. In the Old Testament. They knew it was God. They knew what God was saying. And they knew what they were supposed to do. In response. Blackaby uses the story of Moses, which is really a good, a good starter. But you could do this even with Jonah. You know, we've talked about a little piece of Jonah's life over the last five weeks. You can even go back and apply this to him. And I can't help but go through this and not think about him a little bit. But in Exodus 2 through 4, we see the story of Moses' call to ministry. And that comes in the form of what? Of a burning bush, right? Yeah. But we can read examples about how Moses hit these different points that Blackaby has codified for us. But the first reality, in the beginning, God, right? God is always at work around us. He is here before we get here. He is here after we leave. And he is always at work around us. And he is in the world today. You remember singing that song, I serve a living Savior, he's in the world today? You remember that? He didn't create this world and then just leave us alone, as some people want to say. He started it up and he's just going to let it run down. 
No, he is here and he is among us. We have a finite mind as we try to, to, to grasp hold of what is infinite. And as man learned more and more about who God was through time, in the fullness of time, in the form of Jesus of Nazareth, God came into the flesh and dwelt among us. Partly to tell us what we had right about who God is. And partly to tell us what we have wrong. And mostly to show us that he's really there and he really lives. And we don't have to fear death because life continues after death. In Acts 2.38, we see that uh, as the beginning of the church, we have that promise that, that with baptism, we get the indwelling of God's Spirit. Now, it is wrong to think that the Spirit of God wasn't working through the Old Testament, because He was. But there is a different quality that we get after the Messiah ascends into heaven. We get His guiding Spirit with us. And Paul, over in Philippians 1 through 6, he makes this statement here in verse 6. Confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until what? Until the day of Christ Jesus. What is that? What's Paul talking about? The day of Christ Jesus, what is it? What's the day of the Lord? You know that phrase, don't you? You see that all the way through the Old Testament. What's the day of the Lord? Judgment, right? And we see that throughout the Old Testament where they are looking for God to come and judge their enemy and take care of them and set everything right. Jesus is not just Lord and Savior, Master, He is also God made flesh. So when we're looking for the day of Jesus Christ, we're still looking for the day of the Lord. When he is going to come and set everything right. Yes? And until he comes again, it's not complete. He is still here. And he is still working. And he is still calling us. To work alongside of him. So God was at work before Moses and the burning bush. We know that he was born a Levite. We know the trouble that was going on in Egypt at that time. We know Pharaoh was killing the babies. We know about his mother and his sister Miriam hiding him. And we know Pharaoh's daughter found the baby and raised him as her own. Do you realize what that meant? That meant Moses got the very best education in how to run a government that was possible from an earthly perspective of that day. Wonder what he was being trained for. Well, Moses saw the oppression that was happening to his people. And he saw an Egyptian beating one of his kindred brothers. 
And so Moses intervened, and in that intervention, he wound up killing the man. And at 40 years old, he ran to Midian. What's the picture here, guys? And he got trained in how to lead the people of God. Because as we've been talking, the way you run a company in the world and the way you lead God's body is not the same. There are skills that go back and forth that you can use, but it's a different kind of leadership. And Moses spent years there with Jethro, tending after his flocks, married his daughter Zipporah, and they had sons. In fact, in Exodus 2, 23, we read, During that long period, the king of Egypt died. The Israelites groaned in their slavery and cried out, and their cry went up to God. God heard their groaning and remembered his covenant that he made with Abraham and with Isaac and with Jacob. So God looked on the Israelites and was concerned. He was moved of spirit. We call that an emotional thing, right? About them. Why? Because God loved them. We see throughout all the Old Testament, and we see it in the New Testament as well, that God continues to pursue a loving relationship with us. He is the one that initiates it. Even with those who spit in his face. We are created to love God, to please him, and to serve him. He initiated that relationship in the beginning because he created us. Because we come from him, he is ultimately our father. And because he came and he died on a cross to pay our sin debt, he is also our redeemer. And God took the initiative with Moses at the burning bush. And we see in Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy, all through Torah, those first five books, we see how God is pursuing Moses and through Moses pursuing the people of Israel. First verse of Exodus 3 says, Now, Moses was tending Jethro's flock, and then he led the flock through the desert, and he came to Horeb. The mountain of God, which, by the way, is probably also called Mount Sinai. Do you remember what happened on Mount Sinai a number of years later after they crossed over the sea? It's a special place where Moses heard the voice of God. There at Mount Horeb, he sent a messenger, an angel of the Lord, appeared to Moses in the flames of fire from within the bush. And when the Lord saw that Moses had come over to take a look, God called him from the bush. And he calls him by name, Moses. Moses. And in those moments there at the bush, he invites 
Moses to join him in the work he is already doing. You see, my friends, it is his desire, it is God's desire to get us from where we are to where he is working. Because if we will join him, he will act through us in a mighty way. Now, here's the thing. God can do anything he wants without us. He can leave us out of the picture completely. But that's not his plan. His plan is for us to experience him. And to experience what it means to follow him. And to experience what it means to be blessed by him when we do. So there are things that God is not going to do until we are willing to respond to him. God tells Moses there, take off your sandals for the place where you are standing is what? Holy ground. Is this place holy ground? Was this building not dedicated to God? Was this not set up as a sanctuary, a place of worship? Is this place holy ground? It's not a temple. Where is the temple of God? People of God, have you brought the Spirit with you today? You know, it's funny. There are times I'll, I'll hear somebody, they'll have gone to a, a, a service and, and it, it just wasn't to their liking. And the, the, the expression they will use as they walk out was, the Spirit wasn't in that place. The Spirit wasn't there. I didn't feel Him today. And I often want to ask, well, why didn't you bring him with you? You know why this is holy ground? Because his spirit is here. You know how come I know his spirit is here? Because you are here. You are gathered in his name. And he is here. God goes on to tell Moses, I have indeed sinned the misery of my people in Egypt and I've heard their crying out because of their slave drivers and I am concerned, emotion, I am concerned about their suffering and I am going to rescue them and I'm going to do it through you, Moses. So now I am sending you to Pharaoh to bring my people of the Israelites out of Egypt. And by the way, what was the message that Moses was to give to Pharaoh? What was it? Let Did God make that message clear to Pharaoh? Indeed. You want to read through that and talk through that? Ladies, you can do that on Mondays. Two different classes. They're going to hit this. Okay? Going to hit it in detail. But here's what we get. God speaks to us. Amos, 
chapter 3, verse 7 says, Surely the sovereign Lord does nothing without revealing his plan to his servants, the prophets. And in that day, that's the way God spoke. He spoke to the prophet, the prophet being the messenger here on earth, spoke to the people and tried to give that as clear as possible. And I'll tell you, he did. But there were times when the people just simply refused to listen. Today, he continues to speak through the same spirit through which he's taught through the prophets. But he does that directly with us instead of through a modern prophet. He still speaks to us through what? Through the prophets of old. How does he do that? Through his word. So God made his will known to Moses, and he does the same thing to us. One of those ways is through the Bible. Give me another way. He speaks to us through the Bible. He also speaks through what? Through prayer. He also speaks through what? By the way, have you ever had an opportunity to get a correction from him in the form of your circumstances changing? Or the other way, you say to yourself, I'm headed to Florida. That's where I'm going to go. That's where I'm looking to go. In fact, I can't go to Florida, I'm going to go to Georgia. If I can't go to Georgia, I'm going to Alabama. If I can't go to Alabama, I'm going to go to South Carolina. And God turns around and says, I want you in Michigan. (laughs) And I think Joy will agree with me. The first time we came here and we sat down with the committee that was put together to really seek God's direction. Joy and I were seeking God's direction. My dad taught me a long time ago, you owe it to yourself to always get enough information to make an informed decision. So even though maybe I didn't feel like going to Michigan, I'm following what my daddy told me which he got from his daddy, by the way. And I came up here. And Joy will tell you that this place just felt like home. Like this is where we needed to be. Now, that wasn't audible, but the fact we were willing to come here, God spoke and showed us this is where we're to be. Are you following me? Okay. And he can speak through his people. He can speak clearly through other Christians. He can speak through non-Christians too. There was a point in time when I had some stupid years. Any of you ever have any stupid years? Yep, yep. Jonah got in a boat and went to Tarsus. After I graduated from college, I got in a Toyota 4Runner and drove to Tucson, Arizona. And I was pretty well done. And I had some stupid years. I'm not going to tell you how stupid they are because they're under the blood. But there was a time... When I was going to different pool halls and I was playing pool because I enjoy that as a pastime. 
And I was playing with one of the local hustlers, a big old tall guy, and uh, got to know him fairly well because I'd see him show up in different places that I went. And we got to talking one day, and I was there, and I was shooting pool. And he said, Eric, what in the world are you doing here? And I looked at him, and I said, I'm getting ready to sink the eight ball. He goes, no, you're better than this. This isn't the world for you. I was far from God. And he spoke to me. And he brought me here. He brought me to a life that is so much better with him than it would ever be without him. Sometimes he'll speak directly like through a burning bush. But make no mistake, friends, God has a purpose and a plan for you. He had a purpose and a plan for Moses, for the Israelites. He has a plan for you and for the church and for this congregation. And I guarantee you it's not doing what you want to do. It's doing what he wants to do. Joining him in what he is already doing in this community. God has a job to be done and he's going to do it through three different kinds of people. I, I did spend time in Appalachia up in uh, East Tennessee, you know. They got, they got three words for one kind of person. They've actually got, got four words. There's a them. You don't ever want to be them. But you know what he uses? He uses we-ins and you-ins and us-ins. So, if you want to be a we or a you or an us working together, he will work through us for his plan. So, God creates an invitation, gives us an invitation, and it leads us to a crisis of belief, which I think is the greatest term for exactly what this is. Um, It's at that point where you decide, oh, no, I know what he wants me to do and I know what I want to do. What do I do? Sometimes we call this frustration, right? But it's that point where the rubber hits the road. Are you going to follow him or not? And friends, we must decide whether we are going to join him And he is going to wait for us to act in faith. You know why? Because faith always requires action. See, faith is not this English word of belief. This simple uh, cerebral acceptance. Oh yeah, I believe that's true. That's not faith. Faith is belief to the point of action. It is the action that comes out of the realization. 
So somebody comes running in this building screaming, fire, fire, fire. You're going to do one of two things. You're either going to get up and leave because you believe him, or you're going to sit there and find out whether or not you're going to burn or not. Small example, but easy to pick up. Faith is that belief into action. And Moses hit this crisis of belief big time. He hit the wall. Over in Exodus 3, we see this string of things. Uh, Moses said to God, who am I that I should go to Pharaoh and bring the Israelites out of Egypt? You know God's answer? You know who you are, Moses? You are the one I chose. So you go because I'm sending you. And then Moses says, well, 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 suppose I go to the Israelites and, and they say to them, the God of your father sent me. And they say, well, what is his name? Then what do I tell him? I am who I am. Right? It's interesting. The, the most holy name for God that we know of, Yahweh, the four letters comes out of the verb to be. And what it means is the one who causes to be. Who causes everything to be but the one who already is. And he tells him, I am that I am. He's telling him his holy name. And Moses says, well, what if they don't believe me uh, or, or listen to me and say, the Lord didn't appear to you? Moses, what you got in your hand there? A, a, a stick? Why don't you throw it on the ground? <gasps> Snake! Uh, Moses, go grab that by the tail. It's a stick again. Moses, stick your hand inside your coat. Leprosy! Okay, stick it back in there again. Healing can change physical matters, can change me. Moses, if they still don't believe, you go and you draw out a bucket of water from the Nile and you take it in front of them and you pour it on the ground and it'll turn to blood. He gave him three things that he could go and do to convince the Israelites that the Lord was speaking to them. So the message was made clear. But they all had to decide. Are they going to follow God? Or are they going to take the safe route? At one point they even said, why don't we go back to slavery? You remember that? Okay. Moses says, but Lord, I've never been eloquent. Neither, neither in the past. You know, you ever noticed I, stum I stutter a lot? <laughs> I'm not eloquent. Moses wasn't eloquent. Slow of speech and tongue. 
And God said, don't worry about that. Aaron will speak for you. And then Moses said, Lord, please let somebody else do it. And what did God say to that? I think he got just a little bit upset. And he firmly said, you're my man. You're the one I've chosen. Are you going to go or not? And of course we know. Moses went. People of God. Is there anyone else other than the church who can speak for God today? Who else but you? Now I know that's a daunting task. I know it can be scary. I know it can be unnerving. It can be frightening. Yet he has chosen to speak through you. The one who created everything. The one who brought the Israelites out of Egypt. The one who came in the flesh and died on a cross and rose again in three days to show us that not even death has control over you. All we have to do is have enough faith to say, here I am, Lord. Use me. But you see, to do that, we're going to have to adjust. We're going to have to go with him. Friends, family, people of God, we cannot stay where we are And go with God. Not at the same time. Moses made his decision and there was major adjustments. And it wasn't easy because he had to face his past. And his own shortcomings. Yet he knew that God was with him. So he told Jethro goodbye. He got Zipporah and his two sons. So Moses took his wife and sons and put them on a donkey and started for Egypt and they took the staff of God in his hand. Don't overlook that thing. That staff of God, that's almost like saying the power of God. Moses wasn't God, but God was with him and God made things happen. Yes? Amen. When we are obedient to his call, to his will for our lives, we experience God in a very deeper way when we are doing and following where he is going. And it's a marvelous thing. In fact, it is through experiencing this relationship with God that we can see him accomplishing his work. And he does that through us. Moses does perform God's wonders in Egypt, not the least of which was getting Pharaoh to let them go. Yet Pharaoh did pursue them to the shore of the wet Red Sea. Do you remember that? They got all the way to the shore of the Red Sea, and the Lord said to Moses, Tell the Israelites to move on. Raise that staff and stretch out your hand over the sea, To divide the water so the Israelites can go through on dry land. Then Moses stretched out his hand over the sea and 
all that night, God drove the sea back with strong wind to turn it into dry land. And the waters were divided. And the Israelites went through the sea on dry ground with a wall of water on their right and a wall of water on their left. The Egyptians pursued them and Pharaoh's horses and chariots and horsemen followed them into the sea and drowned. Who took care of the Egyptians? But he did it because Moses was willing to do his part. What would have happened if Moses did not act the way God told him to? Surely they would have died on the banks of the Red Sea. But because Moses was willing to do his part, God was able to do his part. Because that's the way he chooses to do it. We cannot stay where we are and go with God at the same time. In Exodus 14 we read, That day the Lord saved Israel from the hands of the Egyptians and Israel saw the Egyptians lying dead on the shore. And when the Israelites saw the great power of the Lord displayed against the Egyptians, the people feared God and put their trust in him and in Moses, his servant. Now you think about this. Obedience leads to trust. Trust leads to confirmation. Confirmation leads to a deeper relationship with God. It's that simple. That's what happens. And Blackaby does a fine job of describing this process. Friend, if you want a deeper relationship with God, you're not really sure how to do it because you want confirmation. You want to know that you're within his will. And you wonder why sometimes he's not there and telling you that. Maybe he's waiting for you to take a step toward him. If you want to experience life to its fullest, we have to cultivate our relationship with God. Our relationship through Christ with the Holy Spirit. And God is ready when you are. In fact, he's already pursuing you today. You know how I know that? Y'all got awfully quiet. And he's given you an opportunity today to respond. You may have seen these in the past. I know here recently... The only card that was in the, the pew rack was this Get Connected card, right? You know, and um, uh, we put these out, and for the most part, visitors, our guests that are here, you know, if, if you want us to contact you, you want a little bit more, know more about the church, this is a good, good way to do that, because I'm not, I'm not going to browbeat you, but if you want to give me an email or a phone number, um, you know, we, we, can, we can get in contact. Okay, something easy. Um, it also can be for, for prayer. If you have a prayer or whatever that you need, you, you want to put on the prayer list. 
But you can pick up that card and let us know what you think your next step will be. Maybe you've been here a while, you've been involved, and you see the put me in coach card. We have a lot of things that need to be done around here. We are in a rebuilding process, and we need willing hands to help us do that. There are some suggestions on the back of where you can help, not the least of which is in the nursery and with the kids. You can minister to a family, even on Sunday morning, by taking care of somebody's kids so they can focus on their relationship with God. You can do it at any kind of frequency you want to. But you have a chance to get involved. And in fact, there's a white space here. If there's something you want to do that's not on here, write it on there, okay? And then we have this other card, the yellow one. It says, I have decided. On the back, there's a spot to mark to be baptized. Or there's a spot to mark that I I want to become a member. Now, you can come down this morning, and somebody will greet you, and they'll pray with you if that's what you want. But if you're at that point, and coming down in front of the whole group's kind of a hard thing for you, why don't you put your name on the back of here? Give me a number, give me an email, and I'll contact you, and we will start that process. We're going to go into a closing hymn. Okay? You want to fill out any one of these cards? There's a wall right back there, right by the door where the sound booth is. You just take that card and you lay that color side up on there, and I will pick it up and I will get it today. Okay? Friends, family, God is calling us to move towards Him. Let's do that together. Father God, we thank you for this time. We thank you for your word. And we thank you, Father, that you are pursuing us. Sometimes we wonder how you're going to use us. We know we're made of clay. We know we're not perfect. We know, Father, that there are even times when we go against your will and what you have asked us to do for your life for our lives and we thank you father for giving us this opportunity and for giving us hope may we father be willing to join you in the work you are already doing for your glory and it's in Jesus name we pray